watch all these DIY um, channels and I'm just like, this is how I feel literally when they're talking. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good for you, but I'm never going to be able to do that. Okay, good morning. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the eight. I'm so happy to be starting week two of our five part series titled Dream Big. So last week we were getting ready to dream. We were putting our mindset into dreaming by asking some specific introspective questions. Who am I, where am I, and what do I want? So I have to know who I am at the core of my being, underneath all of the external experiences and job titles that I have. So I have to understand that my, my identity is not in my traumas. My identity is not in my experiences. My trauma is, I mean, sorry, my identity is not the fact that I am a mom or a wife or a husband. Or These are all job titles. These are not my identity. So my identity is in God and being his, his child. That's first and foremost. He has equipped me with everything I need to be able to fulfill the purpose that he's given me. He's already equipped me with all of what I'm going to need to fulfill my purposes. I also have to be honest and open and acknowledge where I am in life, no matter how hard it may be in order to move forward. So if I'm in a great place, great. Thank God and continue to thank him and continue to live in the blessing that he has given you. If life just stinks right now, like life is hard and life just doesn't feel good right now, that's okay. Acknowledge it. Say it out loud and invite God in. If I feel trapped by the addictions that I have in my life, I don't need to hide it and feel ashamed. I need to acknowledge that this is where I am in life. I need to say it out loud, bring it to the light, don't give it power, bring it to the light, and invite God in to help you with those addictions. So I, I don't want these realizations to drag us down. Instead, I want, us, I want it to be our starting point for moving forward. So I want us to always reveal where we are in life, to constantly ask myself, where am I now in my life? And then lastly, last week we talked about, I have to be honest about what I want. So what are my dreams? Yes, we need to write them down, but I don't want us to put a filter on it. I don't want you to say you want world peace when really you want that brand new sports car, okay? We talked we talked about there's a difference between the short game and the long game. So materialistic things, even though that could be something that you're chasing after, that's perfectly fine. Nobody is telling you otherwise. But I want us to understand that that is a short game. That ambition is not going to make it in the long run. Okay? So I have to be honest with what my ambitions are, be honest with what I'm chasing, but then to understand that there is a difference between a short game and a long game when it comes to my ambitions. I, again, I don't want you to just make it look pretty on the outside when truly in your heart you are longing for something else. So hopefully you were able to spend some time this week to kind of answer these questions, write out your list of what your ambitions are, because today I want us to set absurd expectations. So now we have this list we're not just gonna keep it looking pretty. I want us to set absurd expectations. So today we're going to talk about how we can do that. If I'm about to say something really cheesy here, okay? I'm just putting it out there. If you want your dreams to fly, you have to look to the sky. 
I'm I, if I if I if I want to see my dreams go big, I can't look here where I'm at. Okay, that's why we had to establish last week where am I now, but then where do I want my dreams to go? Where do I want them to go? Do I want them to stay grounded or do I want them to fly? If you focus only on the reasons that you're likely to fail, then you're going to keep your passions along with your imagination, along with your faith. All of that is going to stay grounded. If you've already decided right out of the gate that you're not going to be able to do what it takes to get there. Sometimes the key to dreaming is setting absurd expectations. Taking an honest look at your motivation for those ambitions and then stepping out into faith. Okay, our lives aren't lived by chance, and we don't need to act like our ambitions are beyond our control. We're going to talk a, lot, a little bit more about this in week five, but I don't want us to right off the bat look at our list and say, this is too much for me and I can't do it. It takes creativity to dream up the ambitions that you have, but it takes even more for us to put action and plan behind what those ambitions are. So sometimes it's hard to es execute or even to focus on a couple of ambitions because we, we know how to do so many things. We can do so many things, but not all the things that we're able to do have to be an ambition. For example, everybody now wants to find a way where they can sell something on Etsy. I mean, I know we can, like, you can, you can do in a flower arrangement and then you bring it to a party or something. Oh, my gosh, you should do this on Etsy. You should sell these arrangements on Etsy. And so then they just take it and run with it. If you don't have a passion for that, if that's just a hobby, then it's not going to take you the long, the long, because there are so many tedious things that go into building something from scratch. And if you're just doing it for fun, then than saying I'm going to make this into a business or going, it's not realistic. It's not going to happen. It needs to be a passion of yours and you need to be able to sift between those things that are just things that you can do and things that are passions of yours in order for them to actually become ambitions. So ask yourself this, are the ambitions that you keep adding are they better ambitions or just more of them? So when you're adding to your list, are these just more ambitions that I'm adding to my list or are they better ones? Ones that I need to, ones that I have a passion for, things that I want to do with my life, the things that will be meaningful not only to my life but to those around me. I want us to decide to pursue those things. Once we've sifted through the list, I want us to make a choice that we're going to pursue them rather than just looking at them and admiring them on a piece of paper, okay? So in the book, Dream Big, for those of you who weren't here last week, we, I'm actually basing this series on this book, Dream Big by Bob Goff. And in the book, he gives an example of gathering your leaves in the beginning. Th that's what he calls it, gathering your leaves. So he's, he was talking about how his wife loves to decorate for every holiday. And so they were in their family cabin one, one Thanksgiving, and he decides that he's going to go outside to gather some leaves for the tablescape that she was going to do. He takes a basket, he goes outside, and he cannot gather one leaf after 30 minutes of there's leaves everywhere it's the fall and he couldn't even pick one because there were so many to choose from so many shapes so many colors 
so many different hues. There was so many options that he became paralyzed and he couldn't pick any. So a lot of the times in this beginning stage of planning out what we're going to do with our list, we can become in that stage of there's too many to choose from. I want to do it all. I want to do everything. If you don't know where to start, I want you to ask yourself, which one is the most beautiful? Which one is going to be lasting? Which one is going to be the most impactful? Thinking about the impact that your dream will have on any and all people involved, including your family. I mean, if you're tied with a family, you have to, you have to realize that whatever you do in your life is going to affect your family. So to move forward, to move toward any ambition, you're going to have to pick a couple of things and pursue them. So again, it's all about sifting through the list that we've made. So last week we talked about anything and everything deserves to go on that initial list. When you're sitting down to, to, to dream big, anything and everything is, is fair game to go on that list. But then when it's time to plan and to start setting absurd expectations, we're going to have to sift through which ones of those dreams are actually our ambitions. So admiring the leaves isn't the same as gathering them. So this is the fun part, gathering all the leaves and having all the options. But then we have to be able to put action behind that. So I want you to write them down. Write why you want these things and which of your overarching purposes these ambitions will serve. So look at it from an, a bird's eye view. Where is this ambition going to take me and how is it going to fit into my life? Identify what your ambitions are. A lot of us don't know what passions we have. It's very interesting that he, in the book he mentions to ask your friends. Ask your friends, what, what do you see me getting excited about? Look in old journals. Ask God. I mean, this is, this is, he gave you that purpose. Maybe you don't know what that purpose is yet. Ask him to show you what that purpose is. If you can't come up with your own list, I challenge you to start with God's list. What is God's list? Let's look in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34 through 40. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So there are so many opportunities for you to serve those around you. I don't want to say until you find your ambition, because everything you do should be to serve those around you. But if you have nowhere to start, start with this. Start with the hungry. Start with the thirsty. Start with those who have no one to remember them. 
Start with those who don't have a family here in Georgia, like I'm talking practically. Start with putting things on your calendar to meet with somebody. If you're in between things and you have all this time on your hands, there are so many things that God is asking us to do with that time. Start with God's list. It's easy to look at the, dis- the, difference between, the distance between where I am now and where my dreams require me to be and uh, require me to go. And sometimes it can be daunting. It's hard to consider necessary steps and what do I need to do next. Because like I said, last week, even though it was like in-depth questions that sometimes we don't want to take the time to answer, that was the easy part. Just answering questions, putting stuff down on paper, that was the easy part. But what's next? What do we need to do next? The, the, the step that you need to take after discovering what your ambitions are, are to vet your ambi- ambitions. What is to vet your ambitions? To make a careful and critical examination of something. To go into depth, what, are, what is the why behind this ambition? God delights when you take a step towards him in pursuit of the purpose that he gave you okay when i was when i read that quote the first person that came to mind was noah so you can read about noah in genesis chapter 5 and if we're talking about setting absurd expectations i mean what noah was doing was absurd like building i don't even think we can call it a ship it's huge like a giant, we'll just call it a ship for now because I don't know what else to call it, a giant ship. And he's bringing these animals into this ship and he's telling people that God is going to flood the earth. And he's this old man, very old man, building this ark. There's nothing more absurd than this. But he knew that God, this was the purpose that he was going to, that, that God put him Put in his heart. I don't want us to rush this process of evaluating and planning out our plans. If you read, I, I highly recommend you read the story of, of Noah. If you read, God gives him very specific measurements and how the rooms were to be. And imagine if he just rushed this. Like this was going to be a a lifesaver. Imagine if he rushed rushed this process of planning and gathering the materials and, and imagine if he cut corners during this process. It's fun to sit and daydream. It's fun to, to just think God is great and he's blessed my life. What goes beyond that? He's, he's looking for us to take a step towards our dreams, the dreams that he's given us. It's not always going to work out as you initially planned or saw it in your head. I I heard this saying, I don't know who said it, but I heard this saying that said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. We have have a a vision in our mind of how our life is going to be. And then when we get there, it might not work out. And then we lose hope and we turn around. Instead, we need to figure out, okay, why is this not working out? 
maybe this is not the purpose that God had for me. You're going to have doubts. You're going to have obstacles. You might even look ridiculous while you're chasing your dreams, just like Noah did. But there are some answers to ask yourself during this process to keep you going, okay? When those doubts start coming in, when those tedious jobs start getting to you, there are some questions that you need to answer beforehand to have in your head because when you have those times that come and, and are testing your limits, go back to those answers, okay? So you have to establish your why before you start. You have to establish your why. It's your why that's going to keep you going when things get tough. Why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? It's your why that's going to keep you going through those tedious activities that you have to do to get to your bigger dream. So I want you to ask, what do you care about? What are you willing to risk everything for? There are little stepping stones that you're going to have to take in order for you to get to your dream. Are you, are you, and they're going to be tedious. They're going to be like, I'm spending all my energy in this and it's not going anywhere. But it's all part of the process. And your why is the thing that's going to keep you going. Sometimes we have to size up our ambitions to really examine where they fit in our lives and morals and whether or not it's something that we want bad enough to, to dedicate our lives to it. So I want you to ask yourself, is my ambition meaningful? Is it something that's meaningful? That's why we said, if you want that shiny sports car, go for it. But what's the meaning behind that? Is it worthwhile and is it lasting? Is it something that I'm going to be able to push through, whether it's working in the beginning or not? Those are the ambitions that you know are worth your time. This is not easy and it's not going to take, and it's going to take some digging for you to figure out which ones of those ambitions are, am, am, I, am I willing to spend the majority of my life? Like, if you just think about it, things don't just happen on its own. And it might, some of your ambitions might require for you to spend the majority of your life on them. Are you willing to spend the majority of your life on the ambitions that you have. I want you to also ask yourself some questions to get your mindset where it needs to be because sometimes, again, the picture can be nice. Sometimes we have all the willingness in the world, but then things get in the way. Are there some things that are taking up your time and keeping you from moving towards your ambition? Something as simple as vegging out in front of the television. Is that something that's taking up the majority of your time? Can you be doing more with your time? Are you telling yourself, nothing is working, I'm not getting anything done, but when you look back on your time, are you spending all your time to the fullest in making that ambition a reality? Are you catching up on everyone else's life on social media and how your abilities, uh, uh, sorry, and, and explore, instead of expanding and exploring your own ambitions. This is like one of my pet peeves, like especially with people that I know and like they can say something to your face, but then two minutes later they're posting like 
this happy post. And I'm like, this doesn't line up with what's happening in your life. The life that people post on social media nine times out of 10 is not real life, I'm sorry to say. It's not real life. Are we basing our ambitions on things that we're seeing on social media that are not realistic? Is this taking up your time? Is this keeping you from real life ambitions? Because all you see is the pretty picture and I can't get there, I can't reach it, even though it's not real. Last question in the vetting process, should inspect your ability and how your abilities line up with your dreams and willingness. Again, I can be all in, I can be willing to do anything, but if my abilities are not there, then I have to be realistic. I wanna make one thing clear. Your abilities are unique to you. They're a mixture of how God made you and the life experiences you've had up to this point. Imagine if I come and say I want to play in the WNBA. That is just not going to happen. <laughs> Besides the fact that I am way too short for that, I have no idea how to play the game. It's just not part of my abilities. I'm not going to be able to do it. So even though I would be willing and I would put in the time and I would go to the practices, it's not going to happen. It's out of my abilities. So there we have to we have to we have to know that there are some abilities that will stand in the way but it's not a hindrance to you it is unique to you it is something that is given to you by god if if your ability is what's keeping you from an ambition then that's not your ambition and there's nothing wrong with that so all of these questions are important Okay, they're, they're important because people who achieve their ambitions get specific about them. So I want you to get specific, okay? I'll, so last week I asked the question, what do you want out of life? A lot of people would say, I want to be happy. Okay, what does happy look like for you? Like if getting a puppy, is that enough for you to be happy? Or do you want to have a lot of friends? Do you want to have a lot of money in the bank? What is, what is being happy for you? At some point, you have to figure out what your metric is, what your own metric is. Nobody can, nobody can measure this for you. If you want something out of life, figure out what is that end point that's going to tell you that you've achieved it. Otherwise, there's going to be, it's never, it's going to be never ending. If I want money in the bank, how much money is enough? If I want friends, how many friends is enough? What is your metric to the specifics of what the end game is of your ambition? You need a metric because it is so tempting to talk ourselves out of dreaming big. There is a difference between unrealistic and unlikely or hard. Okay, there is a difference. If, you, if, someone, if somebody came and told Noah, what you're doing is really, really hard, he, he already knew from God this was going to be hard, but it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't unrealistic. It was something that was going to happen. If what you want is going to defy the, the laws of physics, 
then that's something that's unrealistic. It's just not going to happen. But there is a difference between unrealistic, this is impossible. We always say that. This is impossible. There's a difference between impossible and just unlikely and hard. Something that you have to buckle down, grit your teeth, and just push through it. There is a difference. And I want us to know that there is a difference. When my parents used to ask me when I was little, I actually still remember this. My parents used to ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a Dalmatian dog. Like, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> I can't be a Dalmatian dog. I know now that I can't be a Dalmatian dog. It's just, there's a difference between unrealistic, impossible, and just something that's hard, and it's going to take a little bit more work for me to get there. Okay, lastly, I would just want to leave you with this challenge. I want you to get the sticks before the drums. What do I mean by that? It doesn't matter what your ambitions look like on the outside. A lot of the times, we pick our ambitions based on what our parents want us to do or what will make me look flashy and fancy and especially in this social media world, especially in this world of influencers and all of this, like what's gonna make me look flashy? What's gonna make me stand out? What's gonna make me look more holy or What's going to make me look like I'm a Christian on the outside? L I'm going to repeat it again. Everything deserves to make it on your list in the beginning. But now that we're making plans and we're starting to sift through what really are the ambitions that I have a passion behind, as long as it's coming from you and you're not trying to appease anybody else, you're not comparing yourself to anybody else, you're not trying to achieve anybody else's goals, those are the ambitions that you need to go after. Don't let appearance distort your vetting process. Don't let appearance keep you from looking ridiculous or setting absurd expectations. Appearances are a house of mirrors. They distort what the reality is. Your reality is different than the person next to you's reality. When you begin sifting through your dreams, please don't try to think what's going to make me look the most successful or what's going to bring me the most money or what's going to make me look good on the outside. Don't waste your time worrying about what will make you look good. If it matters more what your faith or ambitions look like than what they really are, then you need to start all over again. You need to just go back and start all over. I want you to learn to play like a boss rather than looking like a boss that doesn't know how to play. I mean, imagine if I don't know how to play the drums and I want to learn. If I go and buy the most expensive, flashy drums and then I invite a whole bunch of people that come over and I look like a boss but I don't know how to play, that's more ridiculous than knowing to play like a boss. I want you to learn how to play like a boss before you look like one. That reminds me of the story of Gideon. Today in the Cynic Syrian, we talked about Gideon. So you can read about Gideon in the book of Judges, which, by the way, a lot of people say, the, I stay away from the Old Testament. There is nothing for me in the Old Testament. If you don't think there's anything for you in the Old Testament, read Judges, okay? As the people of God who just 
one day they were with God, and then the next day they decided they don't want to be with God. And then they come and cry to God, and God delivers them, and they send him a, God would send them a judge to deliver them. And then they would get too comfortable, and they would slip again, and then they would come crying to God. And it's our story. It's literally our story. I encourage you to read the book of Judges to just see how God deals with the up and down of life and his people. But I'm getting off topic. So one of those judges who delivered the Israelites, the children of God, was Gideon, okay? And so Gideon was this big, huge, mighty man, but he doubted a lot. Like God kept telling him, you're going to be the one in charge. I am putting you at the forefront. I am giving you the power. I'm going to deliver the, the people in your hands. And he kept doubting and he kept asking God for signs. In Judges chapter 6, the Lord tells him, Then the Lord turned to him, turned to Gideon, and said, Go in this might of yours. Like from the beginning, God is giving him the power. And he's, and he's encouraging him and telling him, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? God here is telling him, have I not given you this purpose? I've put it inside of you, and I've given you the might to do it. Continuing, he says, So Gideon said to him, Gideon said to God, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. This was not Gideon being humble here. He was truly doubting his abilities. And he was doubting the purpose that God had given him. He, he did not feel like he was powerful enough to do what God sent him out to do. And then in verses 17 to 40, we see a lot of questioning and Gideon being scared. And then taking a little bit of encouragement from God and then going and then backing off. And he was, he was scared. And he kept coming and testing God and asking God to send him signs. So then fast forward to chapter 7. It says, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many. So now, finally, after all these signs that God sends Gideon, because he keeps telling him, if you're going to, Gideon keeps telling God, if you're going to be with me, I need you to give me the sign. If you're going to deliver the Midianites in my hands, I need you to give me the sign. So God gave him all the signs, like it's time to go. So Gideon gathers up his men and it's time to go because now they're going to go um, against the Midianites. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And, and 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. So God is telling Gideon, I'm giving, I'm telling you that I am going to deliver the Midianites into your hands, but you're trying to be too flashy. You're trying to do too much. You're trying to look big and bad on the outside, but it's not this big, huge army that's going to help you 
defeat the Midianites. I don't want you guys to think that it is out of your own might. Okay, I'm here to help you. You, you look too big and bad on the outside. So here we see in the first part it said, and 22,000 people returned, and only 10,000 remained. And God said, no, that's still too much. You still, you still look too big on the outside. You, that's still too much. So the Lord, the Lord tells, uh, tells Gideon to bring the army down to the water and that God was going to test, test them. So what he did was he told Gideon, whoever gets down on his face to drink out of the water with his face, that one send home. Whoever kneels down and drinks water from the river with his hands, that's, those are the ones that I want you to take to battle with you, okay? Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place, so the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of the Israelites, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. So out of 10,000, the Lord said, I'm only going to do this. I'm going to do this with the 300. You want it to look big and scary on the outside? You don't need all of that. You only need the 300. I don't want us to worry about how we look on the outside when we're going through this plan when we're going through this planning process when we're trying to pick what our ambitions are. Don't worry about what anybody else wants you to do. Don't worry about how you're going to look doing it. I'm pretty sure Noah looked ridiculous, but he continued because he had his why in front of him and he knew what his ambition was. He knew what his purpose was and he had God behind him. It's easy to undermine the purpose of your dream by assuming that they're unattainable. Instead, begin by removing all the filters and listing all ambitions, dreams, and goals that come to your mind. Second, I want you to take your list of big dreams and examine your motivations and why you're pursuing them. Is it so that I look good on social media? Or is it so that I take a step towards the purposeful life that God has given to me? Are these ambitions ones that Jesus would say are going to outlast you? Are the ambitions that you're starting, are they going to outlast you? Are they going to be affecting the next generation? Is it going to be something that you can leave behind? Then vet each and every one of those ambitions that make the cut, vet them through scripture. Vet them with God. He's the one that gave them to you. Evaluate your ambitions by comparing them with each other and rank them based on which ones you can do now. I, I understand that life has a way of unfolding itself. Right now, you have kids. Right now, you're stuck in that job. Don't let that get you down. Try to figure out when this ambition fits. How does it fit? So last week, we were getting our mindset. This week, the real work begins. We're setting absurd expectations. I don't want you to look good doing it. I want you to do it because God has purpose in your heart to do it. I want us to dream big. I want us to constantly 
examine ourselves and ask myself, where am I in my life right now? That's why I, I keep throwing out all of those questions and I can't give you any of the answers. All of those questions are there to help us because each and every step of the way, we're, there's going to be doubts. There's going to be reevaluation. Go back to the questions. Ask yourself. If, if an ambition is not working, is it not working because it's unrealistic for your abilities or is it not working because it's just hard and we're stuck at an obstacle? It's all about self-evaluation. Set those absurd expectations and don't be afraid to do what it's going to take to fulfill the purpose that God gave you. Let's stand up to pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, so much for this day. We thank you for the celebration that you came and you put on flesh to show us what true love is. We ask that you fill us with this love so that we may be able to fill others with this love. We ask you to open our eyes to the humility and the love that you gave us by coming and being born in such a humble way to live among us, to leave us your example. We thank you for this life that you've given us. We thank you for the ability to dream big. We thank you for everything that you're bringing to this church and in our lives in the new year. We thank you for all that you will do. We ask that you help us become good stewards of what you are giving us in this new year. Help us be able to put plan and action behind the dreams and the ambitions that we are dreaming of this year. We ask all these things through the intercession of St. Mary, St. Mark, St. John the Beloved, and all your saints. Hear us as we pray together thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In the name